Welcome to Ministers Talking Sh**, a weekly program where Rev Briz and Rev Z and their guests chat about current affairs, world events, spiritual principles, and any old sh** they want to talk about. Based on the new thought philosophy and ancient wisdoms, Ministers Talking Sh** shares a visionary perspective of the evolving spiral called spiritual living. Join us each week as we explore the emerging paradigm of life on planet Earth and beyond. And hello again, dear ones. Reverend Robert with you here this morning. Reverend Z right here. And we're a couple of ministers talking shit. When when you let us, where the internet left. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're here with us this morning, folks, hey, do us a favor, hit that share button, uh, hit that like button, whatever kind of buttons might be in front of you that uh, let you know when we're going live or that share this with your friends and family, please do that. Uh, help folks understand what it is we're doing here. And I'll tell you what it is we're doing here, if you're not familiar, or if this is your first time with us. Rev Z and I are both ordained ministers with Centers for Spiritual Living. Uh, we teach the science of mind philosophy based out of the new thought philosophy. And uh, we get together on Fridays to look at some of the events that are going on in the world, some of the things that are go going on across the planet, and how we may bring a more spiritual perspective to those events and experiences. And uh Today, Z, uh, we, we, you know, normally we get in the room, we say hello, what do you want to talk about? You didn't have any hesitation this morning. You were right on time. Here's our first story. Here's what I want to talk about. And so I'm going to, you know, get out of the way and let you take over for a moment here, sir. Well, you know, I think it, it, for those who are, are, are somewhat tapped into the, um, to the news cycle, if you will, Everyone is talking about the raise of or the rise of the Delta variant in all 50 states. So uh, now there are, there are a few states that got the most places like uh, uh, Arkansas, South Carolina, Florida, Nevada, Utah, uh, Oklahoma, Mississippi, Louisiana, just to name a few of them. But but. Those are the, the high numbers, but the numbers are high in all 50 states. And, and Los Angeles County, in fact, is now moving back to mandatory mass as a result of this. Now, of course, since the inception of this idea of a, of a, of a vaccine, there's been controversy and, you know, is it good? Is it not? Yada, yada, yada. But the real thing is this, people are beginning to get sick and die again. The numbers are up on infections. The numbers are up on uh, people dying from this. And I think people should take the, va the, the vaccine. Now, I mean, that's my opinion. It's, it's a personal choice. But when we look at, you know, smallpox and measles and, and HPV and, and, you know, mumps, measles, rubella. I mean, all these vaccines that through history, we know for a fact, we can prove it through the numbers that people were saved. Right. You know, people people got a polio shot. You don't see a lot of people walking with the braces anymore. Right. <clears throat> I, I saw one panel, a cartoon meme recently, obviously on social media. 
and it had a, a little girl looking at a woman at, at her mom and said, mom, what's that mark on your arm? And she said, that's my, that's the scar from my TB vaccination, tuberculosis vaccination. If anybody my age remembers and the little girl says, well, why don't I have one? And the mother said it worked. Right. The vaccine, <laughs> it worked, honey. You don't have this scar because my, it because I worked. did for you what was necessary. And that's what I think to me, that's what's painful in all of this vaccination question is we're losing sight of the fact that what I'm doing today is here to benefit future generations. Because Yep. This Delta, this Delta variant is going to go around and then we're going to have an echo variant and then we're going to have a Foxtrot variant and, and nobody's going to want to do the Foxtrot. Nobody ever, I know. But, but all these variants are going to come along. We knew that we've known this. If you've been listening, scientists have been telling us this for a year or more now that this was a novel virus that we're going to experience variations for quite a long time to come. And perhaps for the rest of our lifetimes and beyond, there will be seasonal variants, yearly variants of, of this virus that we're going to have to learn how to live with and, and, and live with. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be just like it appears anyway, just like the flu each year, they come up with new flu vaccines to protect people against uh, the flu. And by the way, each each year, they also have two or three of those things come out. They have one maybe for older individuals. They may have one that's uh, a little stronger for people with certain types of, of maladies, or allergies or whatever. But each year they come out with a new because these are, let's not forget, these viruses are living entities. And just like any other living entity, their purpose, well, I won't say their purpose, that's the wrong word, their intent for themselves is to survive. Right. So they are going to begin to look at how they can survive. And so that means it's going to variant after variant are going to continue to come unless it gets eradicated. And we know just like the scar on the mother's arm, uh, except in rare cases where certain, 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 certain conditions are met, TB doesn't show up. Right. Exactly. <clears throat> and, you know, over years, we've learned how to deal with the influenza virus. We've learned how to deal with that seasonal flu that says, wash your hands, take a little extra caution, do this, don't do that. You know, folks, if you went out last month and burned your, your face masks, <clears throat> bad investment idea. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, and it, it, uh, We've, we're going to have to put masks back on in certain situations, I believe. Um, I think it's going to be more prudent to follow healthy guidelines. Wash your hands. Personally, stay away from big crowds. Uh, and if I am going into big crowds, going in with a mask. Uh, or you know, if there's a booster shot, I'm going to get that booster shot. Because I think, it, again, it's my responsibility to do everything I can to be, to create the resistance now for the future generations. Right. 
Well, and 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 you know, a couple of things you said there that that popped my in my mind. Well, one thing also that is 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 being very apparent right now, especially now that we're in the beginning of the fire season. Fires are like crazy with this extra hot weather now, uh, and they're saying, I mean, like here in Colorado, we have a couple of fires going, but they're saying a lot of the smoke that is impeding our visions and messing with people's allergies is coming from California and and, and one over in Oregon. Um, and so they're saying people who may have had COVID or you know, their something has happened to their lung capacity because of it are going to be affected by this smoke and they need to wear a mask. It will help. Uh, so there's going to be a myriad of things that's going to begin to continue to unfold. And then the other piece was this. We know that certain health habits, certain eating and lifestyle habits prevents us from getting illness of any kind, really drinking plenty of fluids making sure we dress properly, whatever that means for the weather, uh, taking some, some, some great nutrients. And, and, you know, that may include vitamins. If you're not, if you don't think there's a vitamin conspiracy and, and at the end of the day, uh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. where's my, where's my CBD, my CBD bottle. I got my CBD bottle right here. Let me get some. Yeah. Uh. Because, because see, ultimately I want to throw that in because we always, especially from a spiritual perspective, we always know that there are two sides to every story and people are going to draw any, anything and people will gravitate to one side or the other on the spectrum based on, I think their level of consciousness on anything. So let's raise our consciousness about these things, people. <laughs> I agree. There are two sides. There's the divine truth and then there's the shit people make up. Um, <laughs> it's an interesting thing yes um yes and we're going to come back again and again and again right what is, is moving us towards a greater expression of livingness what yes. when it no matter what your choice is what whatever choice you're you're faced with in this case if you're faced with a choice of getting a vaccination or not, if you're faced with putting on a mask or not, if you're faced with washing your hands or not, which one of those, which, which side of each choice is going to lead you towards a greater experience of life? Yeah. I believe it'll be washing hands, wearing masks and taking the vaccine shots. I think that'll lead me to towards If you don't believe that, Hey, I'm not going to, I'm not here to change your mind. We're not going to try to bully you into getting a shot or doing this or doing anything. But we do invite you to consider, as, as I think we do every week on this program, how are our actions today going to affect the generations of the future? Yes. And with a couple of teenagers in my house, I get to see almost a direct manifestation of that. Yeah. My choices yeah. immediately affect the future generations sometimes. So, and, and when we begin to look at how these things affect everything else, if you will, uh, next Next week, this time, uh, we'll be kicking off the Summer Olympics in Japan, mm -hmm. Tokyo, yes. with no audience uh, because mm -hmm. of the pandemic. Uh, and uh, so, so we've we've experienced basketball in a bubble. Now we're going to experience the Olympics in a bubble. Um, True. True. 
And so it's going to be another, I think, monumental statement as to where we could go if we don't take certain very inexpensive uh, steps to make sure that we can move about as freely as we can in life and enjoy these types of things. Um, because just think, if they got Olympics in a bubble right now and, and people are beginning to see theaters and concert venues and restaurants opening up, <clears throat> just right. like LA is putting the mask back on, if people don't adhere to it, we could go one step further and start closing things down again. We wouldn't yep. want to do that. Right. <laughs> we don't want to do I, that. You know, that's the, that's the biggest key for me in this piece is I would be under the impression that everybody in the world would want to do everything we possibly can to avoid another shutdown. It, I, we seem to... Like, I don't know if people remember how painful March, April, and May of 2020 really were for a lot of people. Like, it, we, we have this short-sighted... Short, short, you know, short-term memory loss. Is the whole world nothing but a bunch of stoners at this point? Can't remember what happened three months ago, a year ago. If we aren't willing to be diligent and vigilant right now, everything's going to go back to where it was a year ago, and that's not a, a pretty picture. I pray for the Olympics. I, I, I've been on that side that I don't know. I've been questioning if this is a good idea. I've been questioning. Um, you know, now the other things that come to light around the Olympics, every time we have them, there's always a, a controversy of some sort around the games and this athlete or this rule or this sport got knocked <laughs> out or brought in or whatever. Beyond all of that, I pray for the Olympics because we have to learn how to have these large events, these global events again in a new way. And I've been looking for the article here. I can't find it, but, um, I saw a headline flash this week somewhere in my travels of a proposal to have a global Olymp dedicated Olympic village and enough of, and not having the Olympics travel around, not having these competitive bid processes to that really gum up the works and often leave room for graph and, and corruption, but to actually have a, a global village, a, a, an area somewhere on the planet that that's what it is. The Olympics committees own it and the Olympic committees run it and it's their own little country. And you go there to practice and you go to there to train and you go to there to, to, to compete. And perhaps that's a, a new way to, to look at that activity, that sport. Uh, but again, in the short term, I've wished Japan all the luck in the world. It, it can't be easy to perform in empty stadiums. Um, it can't be easy to compete under all the protocols and all the testing that must be happening to to try to ensure that this these athletes stay safe, stay healthy. And 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 Linda <clears throat> Linda put in something to correct us on. Yeah, we got a little excited in our, our vaccination thing. It was smallpox and not tuberculosis because the TB still exists. So thanks for 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 correcting our our uh, exuberance and and making the point. Uh, with 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 reverse information, um, but uh, I think I think that's definitely the case, and and uh, 
you know, part of the Olympics, I, I look at, you know, when I was growing up uh, around the time of Olympics, it gave all the young kids in my neighborhood, we would start having races and we would have competition against other communities, um, uh, you know, my community against yours and sporting activities that were basketball and, and track and, and different mm -hmm. events. And and the one thing I enjoyed about the about the event growing up, especially growing up black in the South, there were people in there that I could identify with, um, that yeah. that gave me a, a role model to say if I wanted to do that, there's an example of it being done. And so, uh, you know, I and 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 it wasn't just for black kids; it's for all kids. All kids did it. Uh, just like now, when 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 uh, when when any of the World Series or the Super Bowl or the NBA Finals start to take place, if you notice in your parks and stuff, more people are going to be playing basketball. More kids are going to be out hitting baseballs, um, right? <clears throat> because they look at these things and it gives them this this visual image of what's possible, and that's what we're we're we're, we're wanting to do is we want to be able to give humanity the idea that things are possible, right? And and this this leads us into the next story, if you will, the possibility of civilian flight into space. <laughs> yes. How many people at one time in your life have, have you not dreamed of going to space, of putting on the helmet and going up? Uh, I think every, every kid under the age of 10 probably has wanted to do that at one point. To be so a buck to, So that's the question then, see, this week. Did Sir did Sir Charles Branson actually go to space or not? You know, I I heard I've heard that thing. And and having worked on the first four launches of the space shuttle mm -hmm. and understanding that process a little bit, he was floating in air from what I could see. And as far as I'm concerned, he was in space. Now whether he was in orbital space, no, he was not in orbital space where he got into an orbit and had to burn and come back in. But right. he was most definitely out of Earth's atmosphere, which technically I think is how they define space. When you leave out of Earth's atmosphere and you're no longer under the uh, auspices of gravity, that's lower space. Right. Yes. I mean, the moon is the moon is not is is not Saturn either, but they're both in space. <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, you say that and real interesting, I got to say, I saw a story this week because space is in the news. I saw a, a story this week on the Voyager spacecrafts. Anybody as old as I am remember, I, I like I was a kid when Voyager one and two went up. They're still going. <laughs> they had a little glitch lately where they had, where they lost communication, but they just reestablished communication with Voyager 2. The thing is still going. We're out there exploring way beyond our solar system at this point with these with these satellites. Uh, and, and that's the key, right? The space race used to be uh, country-based. It was a political tool, right? Who would yeah. get there first, the Russians or us? Would, the, would China make it to space? All the things that went into the early ages of the space race. Now, 
we know this privatization of space has been coming for a long, long time, right? We've known this and NASA told us this was going to have to happen. All of the governments have said this will happen and this has to happen to continue. Here's the big word, the innovation. <clears throat> because it's becoming too divided down here on the planet for us to actually fund that kind of information, innovation. We can't agree on it. Is it right for billionaires to now be the forefront of the space race, Bezos and, and Elon Musk and, and here, Sir Charles Branson. And, um, you know, Elon Musk is going to go up or I'm sorry. No, uh, Jeff Bezos is going to go up next week. Interesting twist on that story. Maybe we'll get to it a little later, but, uh, I think it's a natural progression. Governments, national governments were rightfully pulling back on the technology to get to do what we're doing now. The private sector had to step forward. I don't want to vilify these guys for, for doing what they're doing, for picking up the ball. I would still like to see some of their money going to other, other things down here on the planet. Um, but again, for you, Z, as a space guy, right, from somebody who was intimate, this must be a really exciting time. Um, it really is. Be, it is because um, when we think about exploration and trying to understand the universe, whether people believe that needs to be done or not, uh, when we think about some of the discoveries and some of the things that we've been able to achieve by going to space in terms of understanding how things works, in terms of communications, in terms of medicine. Um, it's been huge, right? Um, and we think that, that this thing only started in the 60s. The whole race to space started in the 60s. So we're talking, we've gone, and if we go back, you know, uh, a few years before the 60s, I mean, cars weren't even that prevalent, right? Uh, if you go back to the 40s, right, which would make that a a, a, a little bit longer, there were no, they're going to the moon. I mean, we're talking Buck Rogers and stuff, right? And so now <laughs> when we look at uh, the innovations, the technology, the mathematics, I mean, you look at uh, hidden figures, right? John Glenn, the first person up there was saying, y'all can do anything y'all do, but if y'all don't get my girl to calculate them numbers for me to get my trajectory up there and back. I'm not flying anything. And be, because it, it expanded the mind of, of, of science and math and things that we need now, when we got a variant that's about to go rampant again, uh, we need right. this kind of information and people aspiring in these fields to make it a better place for everybody. Now, of course, we won't have naysayers on all sides, but I mean, as always. So right. we'll, we'll, we'll take the bit with the sweet on that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to remember. Um, we talk about, the, you know, the history of this. I, I can't remember. There was one of the very, very, very earliest black and white films, short films, was a picture. Um, and I'm trying to remember the year. It was called Moonshot. Um, and it was just yeah. basically a. Um, an old French film, um, 1902. There it is, 1902. And it's a French film of a guy who shoots a bullet up and hits the moon in the eye. And we've been singing about the moon. And we've and here, so 1902, we're starting to create film about this idea of 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 this 
exploration beyond the planet. Mm-hmm. Now, what are these guys going to do with it? I don't know. But you know, it seems pretty simple. We've got three billionaires. They're, they're all going to space sometime this year. Um, I have, and when we look at what, specifically what things like Starlink are doing <laughs> and, and and rockets being able to land on drone ships in the middle of the world with nothing but a, some kid, you know, <laughs> some kid with a keyboard and a joystick landed a rocket on a, on a raft in the middle of the ocean. Pretty wild stuff. <laughs> I trust and I want to trust that we're going to take the good that is that it, that we're out there with us to yeah. to look at to, to and here's my my twist a little bit I think there are a lot of people right now moaning and groaning and complaining and bitching that these three guys are spending all this money to go to space when they could easily quote <clears throat> solve the the homeless problem easily solve hunger on the planet with that kind of money. That may very well be true. And a huge part of what we teach is to heal the cause, the belief system behind it, rather than the effect right in front of us. Mm. The homelessness, the hunger, those are the effects that are right in front of us right now. We have to heal those things from a different perspective than just throw money at them. So, mm-hmm. yeah, all these guys could throw all their <laughs> money behind it, but it ain't going to do a darn bit of difference unless they're talented people and ideas. I can't say that one of these three isn't going to have, and they're all visionaries, right? We can't, we can't argue that. These three are visionary business leaders that have proven, perhaps to the extreme, perhaps to the shadow side or just to the edge uh, of the shadow side of capitalism, but they've proven capitalism I can't, I can't discount that they might have an epiphany out there in space or on the edge of space <laughs> and look back at this blue green planet and go, Oh, now I, yeah. Here, hey, somebody get me a cork boy. You know, somebody get me something right and have that epiphany that says, here's how we're going to address these, these concerns. Yeah. I do know Jeff Bezos donated $200 million to the Smithsonian air and space museum yesterday. Mm-hmm innovation and making sure that we we secure our history or what got us to where we are and 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 i'm going to put a plug in for a series it's on discover uh, and if you get a chance to watch it it's called one strange rock the rock we're mm-hmm. on called planet earth one strange rock by it's hosted by uh will smith and I forget it, maybe 10 episodes, and it talks to, I think, eight or nine astronauts who spent over a thousand hours in space on the, on the station and everything. And it mm. talks about and shows what they've learned about our planet from being on the Earth in terms of weather patterns, in terms of how how uh, the, the, the trees and stuff in the Amazon creates oxygen all over the world and i mean it's amazing and it's all predicated on being in space to be able to observe that whether it's human or with satellites or whatever uh and if you watch that and if you don't get an epiphany about we need to really get our hands around this and understand the intricacy and the interrelatedness of all things 
Uh, I, I I don't know what to say. <clears throat> Leave me speechless. That's hard to do. <laughs> you just brought up another folks you may not know this rev z and i live with only within a handful of miles of each other we we've been uh i think you do know we've been friends for quite a long time but uh we had a chance to sit down and have dinner together last week for the first time in way too long and he and his wife my lara and i we got together and sat down and i just realized you have your own will smith playlist somewhere yes i do you're always talking about some great program that Will Smith's a part of. Uh, yeah, well, you know, I spent, good work of, yeah I, I spent a lot of time growing up uh, in the summers in Philadelphia. I had four, I had uh, <laughs> three uncles and an aunt that lived in Philadelphia. So for me coming from Florida, going to Philly was a grand idea. And I used <laughs> to ride the trains, if believe it or not, in the back car, let's just be clear, with my grandfather from Florida to Philadelphia. And so I have fond memories of Philadelphia and, and Will, I think is kind of the epitome in some ways of, of, of that Philly flavor. Of that Philly flavor. There you go. Right on. Cool. <laughs> All right. So that's a new one on my list. Uh, tell us what it was the name of the show again. One I, I Strange know. Rock. One Strange Rock with Will Smith. I believe it's on Netflix. Yeah, it's, on, it's on Discovery. Or on Discovery, yes. There we go. So many streaming. Let's do an episode on streaming services. What it is? My gosh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, they said cut the cut the cord. They said it'll be cheaper. They said I got more streaming service bills. Yeah, now instead of one big one, I get a whole bunch of little ones. Doesn't you know? Anyway, yeah. folks, we're gonna get out of here for now. This has been another Minister's Talk and Shit on the New Thought Media Network. Happens every Friday morning here at seven a.m. Uh, please do share this with your friends, share it with a friend that'll share it with a friend and yeah. feel free to reach out and let us know if there's things we're chatting about here that you'd like us to discuss uh, more deeply. If there's things you would like us uh, not to discuss, if there's a guest you'd like us to have on reach out minister talk at NT media. I'm not finding my banner this morning, but minister talk at ntmedia.org. It's minister talk at ntmedia.org. All right. Uh, quick, a uh, couple of quick reminders. Tomorrow morning, I'm. Uh, it's my turn on the Science of Mind and Spirit Lecture Series. I'm going to be talking about finding the Christ tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. Mountain Time. Be sure to join us for that. I believe you're speaking at CSL Denver this week. Did, did yes, sir. Correct? Yes, sir. Right. So that's at 10 a.m. Mountain mm -hmm. on the New Thought Media Network here, Center for Spiritual Living Denver. On Sunday morning, check out Rev Z live for that. All right, before we head out, any uh, final thoughts or final words we want to share here today, Z, before we're done for the morning? I, I would say investigate life. Be, 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 whether you're exploring inner space or outer space, explore. Find out more about this world that's integrated and we all live in and we all love and want to be here. <clears throat> I want to write, I want to go make a meme, whether it's inner space or outer space, explore more. <laughs> Thanks for being with us, folks. We love you. We'll see you next time. Until then, peace and blessings. Peace and blessings. And thanks for listening to this week's episode of Ministers Talking We'll be back again next week with more commentary on current affairs, world events, and any other our ministers want to talk about. And if you found value here, please share our show.
with your friends. Until next time, peace and blessings.